everybody. Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host and partner in all things crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. We had a marvelous weekend camping in one of our favorite places with our favorite people. It was so much fun. It was. I will admit, I came home really tired, and I'm still pretty tired this morning. But oh, I'm here, cool. and it's all good. <laughs> We've kind it of took... been uh, burning the candle at both ends, being partying for two weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My body's like, listen, you're going to stay home for a while, and you're going to get some decent sleep. All right. Well- well, we've got to because our next adventure is coming up in just a week and a half. <laughs> you know, we are hitting it again. hard right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we are, but this entirely. Week, I got to keep it on the down low is what too. the yep. system is reporting to me this morning. <laughs> I will admit it took a little extra painkillers yesterday and uh, overnight to deal with uh my stiff arms and legs from all of the cornhole and ladder ball playing we did. <laughs> yes, yes, that was certainly uh, part of it, definitely. Uh-huh. We had a great time, however. You and your we team did. took second. Yeah, Kara and I took second in uh, the championship of the world in mm-hmm. <laughs> in cornhole. I, I know. We were just playing so good. Everybody was. I was thinking about, you know, in the spring when we first bought cornhole to now. We have all improved right? a lot. <laughs> I was amazed. I did better in cornhole this time than I've ever done ever. I've always kind of refused to play it because I'm like, I'm so terrible at this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to play. And then my son was like, come on, come on, play with me. And I actually did fairly decently. So You did. Yeah. We're just, you know, I guess practice makes perfect. We're getting there. I, I now I just need my shoulder makes- to come along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, but- we did have a great time. But we, we are here to talk about something that, well, many of you have asked us if we're going to be addressing this because this is a case that is in that is in Utah that involves Utah Mormons. And, you know, we do, we are ex-Mormons and we cover all the Mormon stuff. We've just been researching, learning, processing, and allowing some things to play out before we got to this point because the Ruby Frankie Jody Hildebrand situation is horrifying number one Mm -hmm. um is complicated and there's a lot of misinformation out there because of Ruby Frankie's you know mommy vlogger influencer whatever status Mm -hmm. so we wanted to come to you with information that was true And also to you with information that is thought out on our part, because we always want to link back to this situation. What, how, what does this have to do with Mormonism? How is it connected? And I've got a couple of pretty good thoughts about that this time. And this is definitely a case that's going to get some heavy coverage from us. Mm -hmm. And we will be following their, um, trials and all of that jazz and following along with all of this because this is terrifying this is um although this is happening very publicly it is not as though it is unusual in the culture that we grew up in no this kind of abuse actually is not and i know if you're if you're a true believing mormon you're going to come at me with that and i don't care because we've witnessed this stuff our entire lives and we can tell you 
that we've seen this kind of child abuse happen in our communities since we were tiny children. So mm -hmm. we will share some of that with you. We will tell you that first and foremost, we did not experience this. We did not no. grow up in this kind of um, extreme authoritative parenting, extreme harsh parenting. We didn't grow up in this at all. This was not our parents in the least. No, but we knew a lot of kids that did. We sure did. We sure did. We knew kids that did. We know kids now that do. This is not unusual. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons for that. And, you know, there's never good reasons for it, but there are reasons. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what are we talking about? So this happened um, a couple of weeks ago now. Ruby Frankie and apparently her people keep calling her her partner, her business partner. She's her podcast partner. Um, Jody Hildebrand were arrested for two counts of aggravated child abuse. This was this was the initial arrest. Uh -huh. And the reason that they were arrested is that Ruby's 12 year old son managed to get free from Jody Hildebrand's basement. I think it was basement in her house and get to a neighbor and tell the neighbor to call the police that um, he needed help. And asked for food and water. Yes. As he was starving. He was emaciated and malnourished, and he had open wounds and duct tape around his arms and legs, as though he had been tied up in some way with the duct tape. He also said that there were other children in the house, mm -hmm. one of which was uh, Ruby's youngest 10-year-old daughter, who was in similar condition. Yeah. So uh, the neighbor called the police, obviously, and said, this is what this kid is telling me. The police came. Um, they searched Hildebrand's house and found, I believe, found two children, a 14-year-old that we don't know a lot about, and a 10-year-old who was in a similar uh, physical state to the 12-year-old. Um, the the police in the area and EMS reported that the condition of the of this child this this young boy was so severe was was the most severe they'd ever seen in uh, their history in when yeah. picking up a child for abuse. So that's what kicked off this entire nightmare. Now, people who followed Ruby Frankie, which I'm not one, I didn't know who she was prior to this have been saying that people have been trying to get police and child protection to take a look at the Frankie family since 2020 yeah. because of abuse that they were witnessing on their YouTube channel. Yeah, on the podcast. Really, really extreme, severe parenting styles and parenting that, you know, is abusive. There's a story going around about a six-year-old child who forgot her lunch and when the teacher called and said, hey, can you bring her her lunch? Ruby said, no, that's the consequences of her actions. Mm -hmm. She won't be eating today. Yeah, she won't be eating today. She'll just have to wait until dinner. And the teacher was really uncomfortable with this. And those words, the, the words used in that exchange really struck something in me. 
here's something that you need to understand about Mormonism and children. When a Mormon child is eight years old, they are given, air quotes, the choice to, cho to join the Mormon church as a full member. What that means is they're baptized and all of the previous sins that they have possibly committed in their eight years of life are washed away. And they are now responsible for every choice that they make as though they were an adult and the consequences that that has on their salvation. It's accountability to the uh -huh. extreme. Now, when we were eight-year-olds, did we know that that's what we were getting ourselves into when we said yes to the choice of joining this religion? No. Hell no. It kills me. I still see this. People, like on Facebook, will post pictures of their kids getting baptized and say, we are so thankful that Ethan has made the choice to be baptized. Ethan's eight. He didn't make the choice. No. He's been raised to be baptized. He was told he was being baptized. He turned eight. He's getting baptized. He's watched his kids, All the his kids cousins do it. He goes his to neighbors church with do it. his cousins. Yeah. Yep. It is just what you do. I can't right. even fathom if an eight-year-old Mormon kid said, no, I don't want to be baptized. <laughs> that would not fly. No. It's not. They a don't choice. say that. That's great. Particularly born in children, like the Frankie children. We were born in as well. Yeah. yeah. You're raised from the time you're a toddler to be prepared for eight and so excited because it's this wonderful thing that's happening for you, you're, you're not going to say no and you're not making an informed choice. You don't have any clue what you are getting yourself into. We certainly no. didn't. No. Um, but the, but the, the consequences for a child at eight who is raised in the Mormon beliefs is that they are now 100% responsible for their own choices. Everything that they do, their, their choices, as if they can have any concept of that. So all I could hear in my head about this story with um, Ruby Frankie's little girl and the, the lunch was she's being pr prepared for that level of responsibility that her entire life salvation, you know, going to heaven and not hell uh, in a very simplified version, because it's much more complicated than that with Mormons. We don't have to get into that right now um, was being placed on this child at six to prepare her for what it's like to turn eight when you're now responsible for everything you do. And you know, you've made such terrible sins up to the age of eight that you have to be baptized and washed clean of them. That was always think about. Yeah. Right. What kind of sins could a, most kids uh, up to eight years old have actually committed? Right. None. They're yeah. just kids. Children don't even have the, the concept of right and wrong and what lying means until they're significantly older than that. Lying for lying to just not be in trouble is right. not the same as choosing right from wrong. We don't have right. that capacity at eight. And, no. and this little girl certainly didn't have it at six, but, you know, her mother was fine to starve her for that meal and withhold food as punishment from her child at six. That was one of the concerns. Another concern was that one of the boys was teasing his younger brother. So they took his mattress. They took his bed away. Yeah. For months and months and months. He slept on a beanbag. Now, well, they also children... sent him to uh, 
military school. Eventually they did. Yes. But think about that. When children with growing bodies need good beds, their bones are growing, their, their structure is forming. It's very detrimental for a child to sleep in an, on an inadequate bed for months at a time while they're growing. And teasing your brother is enough to get your bed removed from you for months at a time? It's I can think of kids I knew who got their bedroom doors taken off. Yes, I, I can as well. Bedroom doors um, removed for a certain period of time because they were in trouble. Yes, yes. So <clears throat> somehow that took away their right to privacy as a human being. Like, how do you get dressed without, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of stuff like that, that we remember our friends experiencing and just full on physical abuse as punishment, corporal punishment used regularly. We experienced a little corporal punishment. Our mom was pretty good with the wooden spoon when we were little kids. Um, However, there was a time in which she realized that what she was doing was wrong. And uh-huh. she stopped using the wooden spoon mm-hmm. and realized that she should not be using an implement to hit us when we were in trouble. But that's the extent of any physical abuse uh-huh. we experienced. And we did not experience this psychological abuse. Uh-huh. These, our no. parents were always there for us. They, this uh-huh. did not mirror our family, but it's so familiar to oh, yeah. families that we grew up with, particularly families with a large number of children. Uh-huh. For sure. took a lot of time, you know, and, and a lot of, there was, there were severe punishments to keep kids from acting out. I think in some ways just to minimize parents' work. Yeah. Well, and in the Mormon church, there is a lot of pressure on mothers to make sure that their kids follow all of the rules up until, yes. uh, well, always, but right up to serving a mission, getting married in the temple, so mm-hmm. that you can have that forever family you were promised. Right. Because you were promised that if you did all of the right things and all of your children did all of the right things, then when you all die, you'll be together forever. And that is a promise that people take very, very uh, personally and very, very seriously, obviously, you know, yeah. for, for good reason, right? Uh People, of course, love their children, their spouses. They want to be together forever. So they receive this promise that if you do all of the things, then you can be. But then you have children who act, you know, like children. And it is your job to make sure that those kids follow the rules. And people, uh, whether it's to fulfill that promise or it's to save face, uh, or lots of things, people sometimes take it to the absolute extreme to make sure that their kids are doing all of the things. Right. Well, yeah. if they don't, as a mother, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's That's your failing. You. Mm-hmm. This is on you. And mm-hmm. so, yes, parenting gets very extreme at times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, because you have kids who have their own personalities you know, and thoughts and behaviors. Also kids who have been exposed to things, maybe not at your house or maybe at your house, but kids who are having life experiences and responses to that because they're not robots. They're humans with developing brains and it can get really scary 
and frustrating and embarrassing and hard mm-hmm. for LDS and mamas. Most issues with children are kept as a secret. Yes. You don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. You deal with this in your on your own at home mm-hmm. so that your community doesn't know that you are failing mm-hmm. as a mother. Mm-hmm. And it, that's where... Uh, especially in really condensed areas of probably any religion, but, you know, particularly Mormonism, as we're talking about right now, uh, gets to be such a a vicious uh, place where judgment is really, really rampant. Gossip yes. is really rampant. You know, looking at families and looking down on people and deciding that you're better than they are uh, because, you know, maybe they have a kid who stepped out of line or whatnot, mm-hmm. it's it's a really hard thing. <clears throat> it living I, in Utah, reminds me very similar to us living in Eastern Idaho. Yeah, everybody knows everybody's business. Everybody Absolutely. in your community is Mormon. Mm-hmm. You all go, you know, who, whoever lives in your neighborhood, you all go to the same church under mm-hmm. the same bishop, and the the uh, gossip chain is very active. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, keeping these things mm-hmm. behind closed doors or as the Frankies did, they took them to YouTube to show them as an example. Absolutely. Uh, this is because they weren't just sharing their lives. They're telling you this is how you should be parenting your children. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think social media has been very hard on Mormon mamas because the oh, yeah. uh, desire to be perfect and have the perfect little family is immense. Yes. You go to any church on any given Sunday and you'll see rows and rows of mothers that have clearly worked their asses off to get there that day. Everyone mm-hmm. has on pristine clothing right down to their cute little church shoes and their hair is done to the nines and mom is fashionable and fixed up and beautiful and she's got her whole row of kids and now she's desperately trying to make them behave in church so that they can be that perfect yeah. little Mormon family. It's yeah. a lot. It really is a lot huge amount of pressure mm-hmm. it's a huge amount of pressure mm-hmm. well and the mommy vlogger uh phenomenon really started with mormon women uh-huh. it was we're going to put this out uh, for the world to see this is our church is true uh-huh. this is how we do it and look at how well behaved and wonderful our children are yeah there's a lot of pressure to missionary work your oh, entire definitely. life you are supposed to be a missionary bringing people into Mormonism. And the mommy vlogger movement did a ton of that. Oh, definitely. There are lots of yeah. other fundamentalist Christian families that have done it as well, we know, mm-hmm. to their detriment and to the truth of what actually happens in real families, um, mm-hmm. including this one. Uh, but that's really where that movement began. And, uh, you know, the Frankies... They put it all out there. Well, I, they didn't put it all out there, but they put enough out there for um, people to have been concerned about them for years. Yeah. Leading up to this arrest. Now, Sherry, who is an adult, who is Ruby's oldest daughter, has spoken out and when posted a picture of the police surrounding J- Jody Hildebrand's house uh, with um, just the single word, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh on social media after her mother was arrested and she has you know since spoken out about the abuse that she and her siblings have experienced and about how no one really wanted to get involved or help which is very very common in these situations um it's much more likely 
for a bishop to get involved and help. Uh, You know, we talked about this. We had a story just last week about a case in Arizona where Mm -hmm. a father was sexually abusing his children uh, for like 10 years. And the bishop knew, the stake president knew, another bishop knew. And because of the church's rules around reporting, they did not find themselves compelled to report this abuse to the authorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unfortunately, you know, and again, I know some of you are not going to like what we have to say today. And I I don't know what to I can't help you. Uh, I, I, I can't either. I mean, we're, is, we've lived it and we're on the outside looking in. And honestly, if this really triggers you, you should probably do some of your own research because mm-hmm. we're not talking about things that are that are uncommon. We are talking about no. things that are common. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> oh, that's just what I that that's what I had, that it's much more common for a bishop to get involved than it right. is for law enforcement to get involved. It makes me think right. of a case here in Rexburg, uh, probably 10 years ago, where a young man uh, was working at the daycare that his mother owned, a commercial daycare. Oh, gosh, yes. And uh, it was caught sexually abusing children at nap time, the four-year-olds. Uh, uh, and the mother of the child who was abused wanted the police to be involved you'd expect that right she's not from here and the police didn't get involved for the longest time and even when they did they assured her that they had turned this over to the bishop to handle and she didn't think that was good enough because uh it wasn't it's not and she eventually went to the chief of police with a stack of paperwork Uh, all of the results of all of the examinations that her son had received, uh, statements from other parents who also believed this had happened to their child, a -hmm. lot of stuff. Walked into the police chief's office and said, you, I'm going to you and then I'm going to the media. So you either tell me that charges are going to be filed here or I'm going to the media because this is not okay. He was still working at the daycare. Right. The words had been to her, we don't want to ruin this young man's life. We don't want to prevent this young man from being able to serve a mission. He made a mistake. We're going to give him a chance to repent. That's really, really common here. Yes, it is. These are the kinds of things we've heard all of our lives. All of our lives. And in this situation, so even when things were reported to police and CPS, it was the same attitude because you're reporting to the people who are members of your own religion who want things to be handled by within the church. Let's let the bishop deal with this. Now, let's just re- remind you all that um, Mormons use untrained clergy. So the bishop might be a mechanic in his day job. He doesn't know how to deal with child abuse. He doesn't know what to do. So what does he do? He makes a phone call. There's a hotline for the bishops to call. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that hotline calls? Calls attorneys for the Mormon church who say, it's not your job to get involved. Legally, you don't have to report because this is being, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's all this Mm -hmm. political subterfuge and Mm -hmm. legal subterfuge that goes on to make sure that, you know, the, the, Mormon church isn't held accountable in any way. And you might notice if you've been following the Frankie case, not one word by the Mormon church, nothing. And there won't be just like not not one word in the Lori Vallow case. And there won't be except for 
she's not one of us. We uh, we're kicking her out. So except it's not true. She is. Yeah. Now, has she gone far afield in some things and gotten extreme? She has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but does again, this that feel like a pattern at all to you? Right. <laughs> in Mormons, did they get extreme and go far afield? Because mm -hmm. it happens a lot. Yeah, it does. And a lot of the time, it just doesn't make it this far into the news, no. into law enforcement. It just doesn't. Right. Uh, speaking back on the, the, you know, the hypothetical bishop, the other thing you have to recognize is that bishop was likely raised in this religion and right. may not see some of the things that uh, are being reported as child abuse as child abuse. I think that's right. something else that's really important to understand is that the definition of child abuse in the church may vary from the definition of child abuse uh, within the law and child care or child uh, health care professionals, mental health professionals. It may not be the same thing. Right. Right. That's that's the hard part here. So let's talk about Jody Hildebrandt. Because uh -huh. this was occurring in Jody Hildebrandt's home. Jody Hildebrandt is a, she, okay, let me tell you what her website says she is. She says she's a therapist. That's kind of true. Let me tell you what her education is. She has a bachelor's of arts degree in English and a master's in educational psychology earning a master's of science. Um, that's a really, uh, that's not a common degree. That makes her a school psychologist, not really a therapist. Now, she's licensable in the state of Utah. And so she does have a license and has been working as a therapist. But that's an edge of the line degree when it comes to working with individual people outside of educational systems. Mm -hmm. I was surprised to find that that's what her degree is. I mean, I guess I'm not really surprised to find that's what her degree is. But Jody Hildebrandt um, has been problematic in the past. She's had some problems with her licensing board. There are major accusations out there against her. And we're going to talk about those another time. It's just, this is deep. This is, this is uh -huh. deep waters. There's a lot. So we'll get to that. But there are well, people coming forward talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. And her, the main guy, um, Hidden, just did a big uh, interview with him. And so if you're really yes, interested. Adam. Uh, yeah, go, go see Adam's interview with Hidden. It was great. And you'll understand a little bit more about Jody and what she was up to. Yeah, and we'll get to some of that as we go. But as you know, we go more for the Mormon angle than anything. So Jody um, has been working, you know, as a therapist. Her big thing is her program called Connections. And you, this um, uh, website is still up. It's connectionsclassroom.com. And there's a lot of information on here about her. Jody uses the word distortion a lot. Anything that she thinks is not right or that, that doesn't really align with Mormon think because she's also a Mormon uh -huh. um, is a distortion. Are you living in reality or are you living in distortion? 
truth is reality. Everything else is distortion. It's a dangerous tack to take because everything's a distortion if she says it's a distortion. Mm-hmm. There's a big minimization going on of experiences mm-hmm. of trauma in her work. She and um, she and Ruby have an Instagram called Moms of Truth. This has 335K followers, Moms of Truth. And Moms of Truth is all about, you know, reality is truth. Everything else is a distortion. Let me just oh, give boy. you a quote that really concerns me right, right up front on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. Victim is my choice to not be responsible for my thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And she's quoted herself, which, by the way, huge Gross. red flag. Yeah. People start quoting themselves on their own Instagram. Mm-hmm. We need to have a conversation. But victim is a choice. This is a very common theme in everything she teaches. And it reminds mm-hmm. me so much of our Mormon upbringing. Because mm-hmm. we're just supposed to take everything to Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father will solve every problem. Mm-hmm. And if it do, if it's not solved, we didn't believe enough. We didn't pray enough. We aren't pure enough. It's our fault. Everything is our fault, particularly as women and girls. Mm-hmm. Everything is our fault. And being well, and again, if done, something happens to you, how did you? It's your fault. What were you doing? Yep. Yeah, it is your fault. Everything mm-hmm. that happens to you is your fault. And it minimizes the actions of other people. It minimizes our own experiences and our experiences of being victimized. It's so familiar and it's so insidious Uh to teach people that every experience and every trauma you've experienced is your fault. And if you don't feel better about it, well, that's your fault too. No, 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 no. This is all wrong. This is ugly, hateful, abusive rhetoric. And it's being packaged as connections and moms of truth and beautiful parenting work. Because that's what Jody and Ruby are doing together, is they are parenting podcasters. And they have a huge 335K following. People are listening and sucking up this bullshit. But it's very much organized religion bullshit. It's all your fault. You can fix everything. Everything is within your control. All you have to do is just pray hard enough, believe hard enough, have enough faith. Uh In Mormonism, a really common belief and quote is faith without works is dead. It's not enough to believe you have to be constantly striving for more and better. Mm-hmm. You're never allowed to relax. You're never allowed to stop and heal. You're never allowed to give someone else the responsibility. It's on you, especially mm-hmm. if you're a woman. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to, the yeah, that was one reason I've been waiting because I wanted to solidify this in my head with what, right. is it, what are they doing that brings out those really deep Mormon tenants that we know that we right. grew up with and, and they're right here. Well, and on the size of that audience, uh, before their Facebook page or their YouTube channel, uh, the Frankie family, their eight passengers 
channel was taken down, they had 2 million followers. 2 million. Yeah. 2 million people listening to this bullshit thinking it's okay. Well, and other podcasters, I've been really interested to read from other podcasters uh, recently about how a lot of uh, podcasters did not dare speak out about them publicly because they were so litigious. Yeah. So, so call out the child abuse that you're seeing publicly and we'll go ahead and sue you. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where we are right now. Ruby and Jody are still in jail. Mm -hmm. um, Kevin, who is the dad of these children, is fighting for custody of them. He's publicly stating he had no idea any of this abuse was occurring. We all are looking at that with a real side eye mm -hmm. um, and have a lot of questions about what the hell's going on. But he's trying to get his kids right now. Mm -hmm. So they are now both charged with six counts of aggravated child abuse. Mm -hmm. And they are both being held without bail. Sorry, do you think my cats missed me while we were camping? <laughs> they were insisted on coming in with me. And if you're watching the video, you can see that Mimi is behind my head and Sandy is on my lap. And they're both like, listen, lady, you're not going anywhere. You, you owe us a lot of pets right now. So yeah, they're like pinning me down. Sandy, that's Sandy's favorite thing is to sit on me so I can't move. Mm -hmm. So I have to pet her. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, <laughs> so this is where it's at right now. Um, Ruby was in court on Friday. It was an absolute shit show, you guys. She oh. made some of the most disgusting claims I can possibly imagine. And she blamed her children for all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, here we are. You know, accountability, remember? Yep. Also, though, my wife is a therapist and so and I'm a social worker. And so we always look at these things from a mental health standpoint, particularly where Jody is also a psychologist. What's going on mm -hmm. here? Here's what they did. And, and Rhonda, Rhonda caught this the second I told her this. She said, oh, yeah, they accused those kids of the one thing that they could get away with accusing, saying they had to confine those children to protect other children. Uh -huh. They accused these children we're not going to use their names and we're also not going to go into the accusations because they're minors and they're yeah. victims but accused them of being sexual predators themselves uh -huh. and that they were locking them up and tying them up to protect other children from them to protect the neighborhood from them the which was news to the neighborhood yeah who didn't even know these kids were there uh -huh. So Rhonda said, well, yeah, of course, that's exactly, of course they'd say that. Jody would know that that is the one gray area in which parents get a little leeway if they feel they have to protect other children from their children. Uh -huh. She said, I have seen that many times with parents who say they lock their children in their bedrooms at night. Uh -huh. And this is the excuse, is that they're afraid they're going to sexually assault or abuse another uh -huh. child. And so they lock them in. Uh-huh. Here's the giant red flag over all of that. Jody Hildebrandt is a mental health professional in the state of Utah. Yeah. She is required by law to mm -hmm. report any action that could harm another child. If these children, in fact, had these issues, she is required to report that immediately mm -hmm. to seek help from the police as well as the mental health community 
that is where she's probably going to lose her license and oh, fingers gosh. crossed that she yeah. will. She and should. hopefully she just won't get out of jail and we don't have to worry about it. But in reality, she's required. Uh-huh. She has a duty of care that has gone completely to the wayside here. Uh-huh. But that's where likely a lot of this has come from. Now, could it possibly be true? We have no idea. These people do nothing but lie. We don't know what's true. No. She Obviously, though, around. these kids were rebelling to the point that they were blowing their, uh, you know, perfect parenting plans right on out of the water. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the boy told the neighbor that it's okay what was happening to him because it's, it was his fault. Yeah. He deserved it. And so these yeah. kids believe because remember they're born in guys, they are indoctrinated from birth. He believes that whatever he has done warrants this kind of abuse. Uh-huh. So Ruby Frankie had the gall to say that one of these children has been addicted to pornography since they were three. Three. Anybody have three. a three-year-old? Any idea how they would get a hold of pornography? Do you think they'd even know what it was? Well, and let's define pornography from let's an do. LDS standpoint. So yeah. the LDS church describes pornography as any depiction in pictures or writing that is intended to inappropriately arouse sexual feelings. It may be found in written material, including romance novels, photographs, movies, electronic images, video games, social media posts, phone apps, erotic telephone conversations, music, or any other medium. It's literally anything that the Mormon church doesn't approve of. It really sucks because the way the church describes porn makes it nearly impossible to function in the world without feeling guilty that you have somehow consumed porn without meaning to. See these shoulders? Pornography. These are what are known as porn shoulders, my friends. <laughs> Mormon girls and women are not supposed to show their shoulders Mm-mm. at all. Because that could arouse sexual feelings in the boys. It's a reason why you these days almost always see me in something sleepless because Uh I'm pretty damn proud of my tattooed porn shoulders because (laughs) uh, I was raised believing that my body was somehow dirty to people Uh around me. That's what they taught us. Right. And so that you these children inadvertently porn, what the fuck would that even be? It could be right. anything. And right. yeah, and then I was inadvert then I was in fact responsible if I was ever sexually assaulted or harmed by anyone. Well, I was showing off my shoulders. So uh I deserved it, right? What were you doing? Yeah. 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 So what does that even mean that Ruby was saying? We don't know. We don't, is but what we do know is that Jody Hildebrandt has been a counselor for porn addiction, also porn addiction. I got my Mark Means figures going crazy this morning. You do. Well, you Uh, know, it's kind of the same thing when we talk about this stuff. Well, in the 80s and 90s, the LDS church got really, really uh, radical about pornography. That's where it all started from. We talk about a satanic panic in the world in the like the 80s and 90s 70s 80s 90s uh porn panic 
really took yes. over the LDS church. Well, it's really when, you know, when things started going digital mm -hmm. and access to pornography went from you have to buy the channel or the magazine to mm -hmm. you can look at it on your computer or your phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. They yep. lost the chains of control, guys. Mm -hmm. The internet has really done a number on the Mormon church. For sure. And it became a real conversation, man. I can remember here in, in Rexburg seeing billboards for, uh, or uh, like, you know, in-town billboards for meeting groups for porn addiction, yeah. for support groups, for uh, speakers coming into town to discuss porn addiction. Um, it's an interesting thing because porn addiction is not a thing, except for in the Mormon church. Uh, there's no psychological actual diagnosis for porn addiction. This is a thing that the church cooked up. Uh, and in fact, I was reading an article this morning in the Salt Lake Tribune about porn addiction and the idea of porn addiction and that uh, doctors are very uh, conflicted on whether or not it's even a possibility of being a thing. But what right. we do know is that Mormons are such Puritans about sex mm. that uh, they have kind of inadvertently maybe or, or advertently created a culture where people aren't allowed to have sex. They're not allowed to enjoy sex. Even after people get married, they've been so scared of sex because of all of the things that they've been told uh, about, you know, how sinful sex is until the second you get married and then it's wham, bam, but it's not because you are taught. How many, how many times have we heard stories about girls who could not go through with it on their wedding night? Oh yeah. Because they had lived their entire lives so afraid of ever breaking the law of chastity that even after marriage, they really didn't even want to go there then. Hell, I knew a couple that had been married for 11 years and had never had sex because yeah. she was so terrified of it because of the way yeah. she was raised. And we raised they finally got like divorced. That, yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, porn has, uh, it probably did sweep through the church uh, and members of the church. Uh, in a way that maybe it didn't others, or maybe it did. That might but, uh, be what uh, the 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 uh, the the funny part of this whole uh, reality versus versus distortion thing is that we grew up in distortion. We grew right. up in a distortion of reality that was the Mormon Church, and when reality lands on distortion, people have a tendency to choose reality. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's exactly what you're saying yeah. with with yeah. uh, pornography particularly. And I mean, pornography, mm -hmm. guys, we were not allowed to watch R-rated movies. That was pornography, nope. okay? Yeah. We're yeah. talking stuff that's not pornography that we mm -hmm. were raised to see as pornography. Oh my gosh. When I was in college, I went to Europe with Rick's College, a, a LDS-owned church, a Mormon-owned church, or a school, sorry, a college. And when we were in Europe, the billboards, the pictures on the sides of buses was pornography. Yeah, because they're not afraid of nudity. <laughs> we were invited to absolutely not be looking at things like that because that was a sin. When we went to Pompeii, all of us, there were 50 girls on that trip and two or three men that were the supervisors of us. Of course, you must and, have your priesthood supervisors at all times. Yeah, and we had to wait uh, outside while the men went through Pompeii first to decide what was and wasn't appropriate for us to see. And there were certain rooms that we were not allowed to visit because of the pornography. 
we went to Florence and we saw the statue David and we were horrified. A lot of girls in our group were very embarrassed. They were really shook up. They didn't realize they were going to be seeing a naked man and that was pornography and it was a sin and it was very upsetting for some of the people in our group. This stuff goes really, really deep, really deep. It does. Mm -hmm. And so this situation with Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt is putting Mormon doctrine and Mormon culture on blast Mm -hmm. in a way that you might not realize. Yeah. Because it just seems like they're shitty, abusive people. They are. Mm -hmm. But they're shitty, abusive people who are shitty and abusive based on their beliefs mm-hmm. and enacting their beliefs in an extreme way. No, and we're, we may be one of the only people that call this out as a cultural thing uh, that, and, and a religious thing that uh, they were probably both raised in and not giving them any excuses whatsoever. Ab- obso- no. Absolutely not. But just pointing out that this is a cultural thing within the church. And I know some yes. of you aren't going to like the fact that we're saying that or like that we're saying it. You're going to bring your own distortion okay. here. That's cool. You Go ahead yeah. and do it. Child abuse is never okay. I don't care. I don't care what reason you think that they might have had. They didn't. And if, in fact, these children were a risk to other people, they both, as a parent and as a a psychologist, had a responsibility to report those things and to seek help Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. Real help. Professional help. Yeah. Abusing and starving and detaining these kids was not the answer in any way. And so they are still 100% responsible in this situation. I mean, what kind of trash humans throw their own children under the bus when they have been arrested for child protection, for child Mm -hmm. uh, abuse? What, I mean, honestly, tells you all you need to know. But there's going to be a lot more to this case, I think. Oh, yeah. There may be more charges. We don't know. Well, Ruby really opened the door there. That uh... Uh, She did. He'd been exposed to child or to pornography since he was three. So who's she blaming? Is this going to come back to dad? Who's she blaming? Is this coming back to dad? Because there are or lots of questions that about one where the bad kid who they had in. to send off to uh, military school. Like, where is this coming from? It's coming from yeah. somewhere. This is a part of her defense. It is. it is. But a part of her defense may have just opened herself up to more charges, frankly. Mm-hmm. If yeah. she, in fact, does have a child who has been molesting children. And I'm not saying she does, okay? I'm not saying anything about these children because I don't know. But if that does become true, it's still her fault. It's still her responsibility. She knew and she did nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And he, these kids are 10 and 12, you guys. They're little kids. Yeah. They're 10 and 12. Yeah. So we're going to keep following this. We're going to go deeper on all of it. We'll go deeper on Jody Hildebrand. We'll get deeper on eight passengers, we're going to go through all of it. But this is the way we wanted to kick it off to help you understand, to couch it in their religious beliefs and, and culture, because it is coming directly from all of that. Um, I also want you to know that this is not like this case is unusual. It's just this one hits the news because of uh, uh, Ruby Frankie's social media standing. Yeah. You think there aren't other cases like this in Utah and in Idaho and in other states? Yes, there are many. Yeah. They just aren't important people. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be coming back to you with more of that. So you wanted us to talk about it. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
we will be back with a lot more great content. We're really trying hard to get back to our usual schedule of content. We've just, you know, mm -hmm. summer, first we had the Lori Vallow trial and then summer, and that always kind of throws our schedule off a bit. But we are trying to get back to our regularly scheduled stuff, and we will be here more this week with more recorded content. We'll be back with our case updates live stream on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain on our YouTube and Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And thanks for being here. Thanks for holding out and listening. We know this is a lot and it's heavy and you can see why it's taken us a little while to be prepared to respond, but we will respond. Don't you worry. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah. You know what? We are the true crime squad. Have a good day. Take care. <laughs>